Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Coach Luca here with the Vigor Life Podcast. Today, special edition in my brother Mike DeSanti's <laughs> tranquil backyard with my other brother, Stephen Krebs. So what we wanted to do today is, is actually... Uh, we're going to do kind of a couple separate things. I said, you know what? It would be great if we just got together and talked about, uh, I would say, what it means to be a a powerful man in uh, the you know today. Because once again, like there's so many things going on, and, and to kind of piggyback also on, uh, you know, Mike Sandy dropped the book, didn't tell us uh, pretty much one day was like, hey, by the way, I got a book. Uh, oh, great! Um, called New Man Emerging. It's a fantastic book, and and it actually you know talks a lot about that. Um, and I think we've all got experience through. Uh, fucking up quite a lot of things in our lives, <laughs> overcoming them, and then trying to share some of this wisdom. And so I'm going to just kind of uh, get it rolling, really. And, and I'm going to get it rolling, but start with what do you feel, uh, or should I say, what made you uh, write the book? I, I, obviously, I kind of know this, but I think it's important. Um, you know, what point in time is it like, hey, this is this is the book I want to write, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that could come up. What made you want to write this book? You know, and for uh, whom? And for whom? Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, I, I, uh, I didn't really have a, a clear intention on. Oh, I'm gonna write a book this year. I'm gonna, you know, this is who I coach men, and I coach men on purpose and fulfillment. And it's it's for me, it's incredibly fulfilling to see men go from, you know, confused to very clear, and then live into that. But I didn't necessarily, you know, two years ago have a intention like, okay, this year is gonna be about writing a book. However, you know, in our culture, I started seeing like Me Too started getting really big and all this, uh, I think, you know, unconsciousness in our culture started to really come to the surface around masculinity and femininity and toxic masculinity and all this stuff. And I said, you know, like one, I, there's, a, there's an opportunity here and I really wanted to write the book for two demographic of men. The first demographic was as a blueprint. Like young men or men that are confused that want to live a life of purpose and passion, freedom, fulfillment, and really make an impact on their families or on their culture, or on their communities. So I wanted to write the book as a blueprint, like you said, like the stuff I've messed up and the stuff that really works that I, I you know, in my own personal life and also to who I coach. And then the other intention of the book or the other demographic of the book was in all of this confusion around in our culture to give good men men of character and men of principle a voice in it because i found that there was just like there was a lot of people a lot of men that were like i want to make an impact in this conversation but i really don't know you know how to speak up or how to do it or where to do it so i wanted to write it for that man too that we could it's really the the men of character and the men of principle powerful men like you said that get to give a voice to this conversation and, and really call out what I say toxic masculinity is just influential men that are immature. Mm-hmm. And we got to either mature them or the mature character men and principled men, like they get to speak up now. So that was the two demographics that I wanted to write the book for. And the way it came about was one, one night, I just woke up in the middle of the night and three o'clock in the morning and words just started downloading couldn't go back to sleep, went into my office, started typing, went back to bed, happened the next night, happened the next night, and after like about three nights, I read an excerpt to my wife, 
And she looked at me and said, you need to write this, make a book out of this. And I was like, I'm not writing a book. Like, I, I'm, I'm busy enough, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that yeah, later. We'll get to that. No, but no, no. I just didn't have the intention. But I read it to her. And then that night I read it to my mom. And the two of them were like, this needs to be a book. And so I, every morning I woke up and I just dedicated time to it. And about halfway through it, I got really excited about there's something here. And then sent it off uh, to a publisher, and they picked it up right away. Yeah, and you well, actually, it's, it's to me, it's cool because you had a coach who you sent it to. Because I love that book. Have you read Conversations with God? No, no, no? It's, yeah, it's a phenomenal book. But the author who, who was your right. coach was the person that was like, "Hey, like this, you should you should go get." Well, you know, I I was being coached by the author of Conversations with God, who that book, as a kid, that book transformed my life. And then I gave it to Alyssa, my wife, a few years ago, and she was like, this, this book has transformed my life. And she reached out and found him, and he was our coach. And in one of our sessions, he said, what you, my first session with him, he said, what are you up to? And I said, interesting, uh, these words came to me a few weeks ago, and I, I started writing a book. And he said, when's it going to be done? And I just said, I just threw out some arbitrary date. I was like, <laughs> October 1st, which was only like six months. And he's like, great. Rule number one of writing a book, make a deadline. Rule number two, keep the deadline. And he said, if you send it to me by October 1st, I'll read it. And if I like it, I'll pass it on to my publisher. And if they like it, they'll pick it up. So that's actually how it happened. So people ask me all the time, they're like, yo, you wrote a book. How should I go about it? I'm like, don't follow me, man. <laughs> I got no advice, like, no advice for you. No advice for you. Mine was totally serendipitous <laughs> and lucky. So don't, you don't want to put all your money on that. But, but, but that's what, how it came about. But, but here's the thing, like, what, even when I say it at the beginning, you know, I say a, a powerful man. Sometimes that can sound very, you know, okay, what, yeah, what does that mean? Like, you got cliche, money, like, you yeah. fit, what, like, what does that, because I'm going to ask both of you guys, you know, what does, it, what does it mean, what do you feel, like, what does it mean in this world to you to be a powerful man? Like, what, you know, what do you think that is, you know what I mean? For me, power is the ability to influence, to influence behaviors, to influence mindsets, and to influence a course of events so power is is the is the ability to influence and I think with power comes a responsibility so as a powerful man the way you're asking it is is a man who can influence in a positive direction and they have they they own the responsibility to do it they don't negate it they don't abdicate it they don't put it off they don't make other people do it or wait for other people to do it they own their own ability to influence and then they live into it, no matter what their arena, whether it's fitness or medicine or you know, coaching or a CEO. It's that I, I own my ability to influence behaviors and mindsets and a culture. I own it and I live into it. Okay. Prebsy. That's such a good question, right? Because there's so thought. many there's so many different ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I agree with Mike one thousand percent on that. For me, I think that if I apply it to my own life it's to me a powerful man is someone that is in charge of his own life right yeah. developing habits and mindsets and relationships specifically for me relationships to me is the most important piece i don't think as men we're really taught right how to treat ourselves right how to treat women right yep how to actually experience a relationship and communicate at a high level unless you really work on it like we have yeah you know it's one of those things where i feel like we all struggle with our own things. I think having the ability to share, right? Pain shared is pain divided. Mm -hmm. Happiness shared is happiness multiplied. It's those things. And I think for me, power, power is not what I would have thought it 
was when I was in my 20s, right? <laughs> right. Sure, yeah. It was oh, like money. So much, yeah. It was like it's money. It was stats. like women, this, that. And now I'm like, man, power to me is being able to look somebody else in the eyes and not feel ashamed. Yeah. It's being able to talk to my wife and actually listen yeah. and not bulldozer, right? Not be the one that's constantly talking and not listening or being able to talk to my mom or my dad and, and be open and be able to help them as well, which is really strange as you get older, right? right? It's like, I'm about to be 41 this year and having your parents come to you and talk to you about things or ask you for advice. <laughs> is right. like, I'm like, what? It's a new it's, dynamic. It's for yeah. sure, dude. And, and, and I think like, it, it really, I think everybody has to come up with their own definition of what power is. And I, and I think for guys like us to sit down and talk about it is just going to give guys our age and especially younger dudes yeah. an opportunity to be like, oh, okay, maybe, uh, you know, putting up these walls is not beneficial to me or anyone else around me or chasing material things, although great for a target, is never going to make me fulfilled in a way that yeah. when we coach other people to success or to see a little like what you know you same thing with all three of us like seeing people make a small change and then reaching out and saying thank you is right for me the emotional or the relational you know capital is so much more important now and i feel like that's really a big way that i gauge i, I would say success or power right because totally. power can be misconstrued so easily and think like you know gordon gecko style like you know <laughs> making stock market moves instead of like what it should be which right. is hey taking care of you taking care of your family in a way that sh you show up not necessarily just monetarily but also emotionally man yeah. like supporting the women in our lives and also empowering them a powerful man to me i'm not trying to go on a rant here but like a powerful man to me is somebody that completely empowers his partner yeah, totally whether it's a woman or a man, whatever you guys are into, I don't give a shit. But to me, it's like that's a, a huge difference in when I was in first in my relationship in my late 20s, early 30s. And now with Bree being married for years, it's like, man, to be able to empower her and to see her like fill up with confidence. And I do daily intentions every day. So every day in my intentions is breathe confidence into Bree. Like breathe confidence into this woman because she allows me to do all the things that I yeah. do, right? So, I mean, for me, that's I know it's like a long-winded definition of power, but but you you point to something that's really important to distinguish because I think a lot of especially men collapse power with force, mm. and they think being powerful is forceful. Like I'm going to take <laughs> over and I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to bulldoze over people, mm. but real power, true power, is always economical meaning power is always shared. So when I feel or experience power, I'm empowering others around me. So if I'm being powerful but robbing you of your power, that is not power. No. That's control or that's force. And I think a lot of men especially mm. have that collapsed. And I love what you said too is I, there's, I think there's a extra element that we're learning in our culture about power, is, as, especially as men, is the ability to communicate it. And, and this share, like communicate is to commune is to share. So if I'm communicating, communication brings people together. Mm. So if I'm com you know, communicating and we're divided or I'm robbing you of voice and not listening, I'm not communicating effectively, which alters my power and diminishes it, but it also robs you of your own dignity and your own power too. So I think this next level of powerful men is the ability to own it in themselves and then communicate it to their partner, to their community, to their kids. There's this extra level of relationship and communication that's happening now. 
And I think the ROI on relationships is so much more. We're starting to see like all the money in the world without relationships Not doesn't mean shit. Yeah. And we see these these influential men. They get to the mountaintop of their life and they're all alone. Mm -hmm. And dude, they're depressed and they're unfulfilled and they're just missing out. And you know, I don't know if a lot of people that even we've run into know how you and I met. <laughs> it is it's actually no. it's, a, it's a great <laughs> it's a great story because everybody asks how long we knew each other. It's, That's it's, the it's, thing is, so we were doing. Jay Ferugia asked us to come coach at one of his masterminds in Austin, and we came. I flew in the day before, and I had no idea what I was doing there. But we just, me and Ferugia improvised, and then you came the next day. And we just rapped and communicated and connected and talked. And the guys, one of the guys, or it was a round table of guys, and they all said, well, you know, it's easy for you guys to say that because you've known each other for so long. And me and Luca looked at each <laughs> other, we were like, yo, we just met 16 hours ago. <laughs> so, like, it's the <laughs> end of the weekend, like, we just met. And it blew the guy's mindset and their power died. Because they thought yeah. we had this deep connection from years ago. I was like, mm -hmm. no, it's just the way I communicate and the way he communicates. We're not trying to rob each other. I know more than you or I'm going to outdo you. It was more like, hey, what do you think about this? And the guys were like, there's no way you guys just met. And we've been yeah. friends ever yeah, since. Ever I was like, like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And our relationship's yeah. only built upon that. But because of that, mm -hmm. like referrals and business and who knows me through you and you through me, it becomes like it's the relationship that's, that has the most investment. It, man, like, bringing that up, some things come to my mind. I mean, num number one is, is uh, I like the word resilience even more so than power because to me resilience is taking 100% responsibility for your life, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then we, yesterday when we finished the session, I talked about the, you know, culture in a business. I said culture in a business starts with a culture of you, which to me is character. Right. And, you know, that's the way that you operate, right? If the camera's following us all day long, um, you know, and somebody said, hey, like, you know, what is Mike like? What is Steve like? What is, what, what is Luca like? And, you know, you just put mute and you just watch what a person right, is, how do you right. treat a woman, you know, how yeah. do you communicate with your friends, with your significant other, with your teammates, you know, how do you take care of your own body and yourself, and do you study, do you learn, do you share, right? Like, that would, you know, after a while, be like, oh man, like, th this is how this person is, this is the culture of them, this is their character. Yeah. And, I, and I think everything starts there, you know, you can't teach or, or try to coach or inspire and, and influence right. something that you are not. Right. It's very, very difficult to do, right? Whereas there's a lot of people that, I mean, I, whether I, I read a book from them or whatever, like I'm just inspired by the way they live, Yeah. right? I, and I think that it definitely starts there. And it's, you know, second thing you brought up is obviously communication. That was another thing we brought up. I said, I said, raise your hand, right? Uh, we're in a group, I said, raise your hand if you spent, like if you deliberately practice communication every yeah. day. You know, and like no, nobody's hands went up. I said, tell me something. If you're a basketball player and you can't shoot with your left, and like the coach is like, listen, you got to get good with the left because they keep guarding you going to the right. <clears throat> what are you going to do? They're like, well, I'm going to go practice it tomorrow, right? right? I'm going to practice every day for 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, what makes you think that you'll get better at communication without practicing <laughs> right. communication? Right. Well, reading a book on it. Ne next time you communicate, do something different from the book or from your coaching or from a mentor that taught you something. You, you, you can't get better at it. Yep. It's not just going to happen, right? And so I think that that's one of those biggest things that, that for men is going like, okay, well, I want to improve this area of my life. Look at your schedule and calendar. 
are you practicing the thing that you want to improve? If you're not, like, how do you expect totally. to get better? Oh, listen, I've, I've been really thinking about this thing. Now I can just hit threes with my left. Right. right. It's not going right. to happen. And it's the same thing with, um, you know, which I, obviously one of the bigger points, which is this whole how do we help other people, you know, be better and succeed, which is a lot of it is, the tr you know, talking about tribe. And you have a whole, you know, chapter in a book about tribe. And I, I want to touch with both of you guys on this. Um, you know, how important tribes are, and I think f in, in general for any human being, um, but now more so we're, we're kind of focusing on, you know, the tribe of men, because I, I think that more so than ever right now, there's so much disconnection and we have yeah. a lot of this crazy stuff happening, uh, I think because men are more disconnected than yeah. ever, uh, and I see it every day. I mean, we're, you know, we're coaching people, I know you're coaching people, you see that when things become hard for a lot of men, it's like, I'm going to bury myself and train, work, you know, sedate, but I'm going to, you know, I, I want to reach out and say, hey, listen, Mike, hey, l listen, I'm Steve, struggling. I'm, I'm yeah, struggling. Yeah, I need right, help. And it's, right. for me, like, saying that I need help was one of the greatest things that ever happened in my yeah. life. Hardest, you know, I, like, when, when I joined, for instance, when we went, you know, through Warrior, and it was like, all right, I need help. But the thing is, just me saying that in itself was a big thing, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, just, just touch on that, like, what you've seen as far as, you know, why tribes are so important. You know, like, it's critical. It's not even like, it'll be good for you to have It's essential. It's essential. It's essential. Right, and, and why that is. I think, Krebs, you were pointing to it, too, is like, as men, we weren't taught this. We weren't taught mm -hmm. to communicate and be relational. I think part of our cultural narrative around masculinity is go produce. Go produce, go be wealthy, and go handle all that. And once you handle all that, that'll bleed into your marriages and into your relationships and into your health. Oh, that was me. Like, yeah. Yo, that is the furthest thing from yeah. what actually works. <laughs> yeah. But here's the irony around that is that we have successful men that are disconnected and from their wives and themselves or their health or their family. And you go and you say, hey, listen, like you're exposed. You've got no left. The, the interesting part about that is like you say to a man whose marriage is falling apart, you know, you, you've got to address this. A lot of men, their initial reaction is, let me just work harder. Mm -hmm. Let yeah, me just go yeah. do what I'm doing harder and more and more forceful. And I'm like, yo, that is the last thing that's going to work. But we've been so ingrained to, in our narrative culturally is we're defined by what we produce. We're defined by what we earn. We're defined by status. We're defined by our money and our, you know, the things we've accomplished. And I think we've got to, as powerful men, start to interrupt that definition and start to interrupt that over-identity because it's making guys seek after success and they're isolated in the process. They're not reaching out. They're not getting feedback from colleagues. They're not raising their hand saying, Yo, I'm drowning. I need some support. They're not doing all those things because they think once I get it all, once I get the success, it'll all work out anyway. And it won't. And the other thing is you, you will never be successful, truly successful and fulfilled without relationships. So I think right now reframing the narrative to say, hey, listen, all that success is great. All of that is possible. And... It's who you're with along the way that, number one, is going to make it fulfilling, and it's also going to be who gets you to it. Mm -hmm. There's no way none of us live in isolation. We're tribal. No one is successful on their own. No man's an island unto themselves. No one has accomplished anything on their own. 
no one. Mm. Uh, it's uh, taken people that care. It's taken, you know, family. It's taken friends. And I always say, like, get into the arena. Take risks. Get into the arena and then ask for support and get feedback from men that are in the arena with you. Never solicit feedback cute. from spectators. That's where you get hurt because you've got a lot of spectators in this world that just want to tell you what to do and how to do it, but they're not doing it themselves. So, like, you're in the arena with me. You're in the arena with me. You, Ferrugia and, like, all the guys that we coach with, and they're the only ones I'll go to for feedback. They're the only ones I'll go to for advice. They're the only ones I'll go to for, you know, what do you see that maybe I'm not seeing. I'll never solicit feedback from spectators. Only the guys that are bleeding in the arena with me, that are failing in the arena with me. But what that does is it strengthens our bond together, and that's how we exponentially grow. And then the success, when you get it, and when you earn it, it becomes so it's shared, shared. shared. Yeah. and yeah. it becomes powerful and shared and economical. And then the fulfillment is like, yo, I'm successful, but we came, we came together. And so you became successful, and you became successful. Now here we are together because we've supported each other along the way. We've bled together. And there's an excitement behind that, too. Like, I, I always look at that, right? You, you've seen the memes before, right? Like, you know, pay attention to who's clapping when you're succeeding, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's the meme, right, right, but, right. But but I think that's true because if if you if you don't, then like what what is the tribe that you're in? And you know, I, like for for you, Krebsy, because I mean the same thing. Like I I know you know you coach and have coached uh, tons of people that are successful per se. A lot of times in business or maybe even in the realm of body, right? But it's like there's there's all these areas that are aren't congruent and like. It, it's it's like oh this pocket's great but yeah. this this one is suffering mm -hmm. and on on that side of things like you know what have you seen when it comes to the importance of tribes but like also the the kind of the drawbacks that you see the problems that you see I th I think it's if we we can rewind back to the industrial re revolution and see yeah. why this all started right before that most people were what farmers they, they the families were much tighter they work together yes exactly so. You know, especially where I'm from, right upstate New York, you right. still drive around. There's farms, right? So, you roll back to that time period where men started having to go outside of the home and work away from home, and for like insane amount of hours to make it work, right? You go through the depression, the Great Depression, and you look across the whole world. These things have happened all over, and then there's countries that have never really taken off, and you know, it's it's hard to compare. But if we look at our our culture in the United States, you know, our tribe really starts with what our families. Yeah. The problem with that is, is that most families don't know how to fucking communicate whatsoever. <laughs> right? So if we go back to communication, we don't have to rehash it, but it's this weird game of tag as men that we play. Yeah. Our fathers weren't taught to communicate. Our grandfathers weren't taught to communicate. Our grandfathers and fathers weren't taught to behave as men or be powerful. Or if you're lucky enough to have uh, in a, you know, somebody that's woke, right? <laughs> Hashtag woke. Somebody that's actually, you know, uh, and I've been around guys like that where you're like, holy shit, dude, like this is insane. You're, you're, you're so with it. Um, but most of us weren't. And mm. most of us were raised by, especially me, like blue collar guys that were taught to suck it up and, yeah. and, and push through things. And they didn't have tribes. Yeah. They didn't. And I watch it now. Like they, they just didn't have any guys that they could talk to. And I think that, you know, the women in our lives are so important. Yeah. to communicate with them but there's a different experience when you're actually able to talk to guys that are in the arena with you right it's a it's a release that you don't get from you know expressing your feelings to it, it, to feminine energy yeah to me it's different so I think it's super important but I also think you have to be really careful with it to back, piggyback on what you were saying because now 
a lot of marketers understand this and they understand what the, the importance of building a culture yeah right. cult yeah, sure, yeah, right yeah, and that's why i said it that yeah. way is that that you can be preyed upon and people will have you join things for the wrong reasons and just for monetary gain which i think is the wrong reason so you know i think that you know we are like mike said right we're we're you know whatever you believe in evolution or not it's you know the facts are there right? <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to believe you're, you're welcome to believe that but if you look at any primate they're mostly social yeah right and in the, the the primate that we most closely resemble in the way that we behave is the chimpanzee not mm. the bonobo monkey who operates in weird orgies and bisexual <laughs> monkeys and they do crazy shit look it up it's wild but here's the cool part they all get along yeah they there's no like like really territorial behavior. If you look at chimpanzees, they're very jealous. I don't know if you guys have heard the story. There was a guy that had pet chimpanzees and there was four or five of them. And for one of their birthdays, he gave one of the chimpanzees a birthday cake and didn't, did not give the other chimpanzees a birthday cake before this. The other chimpanzees attacked the guy and like ripped him apart. Right. They're very jealous creatures. Yeah. If a, if a rogue chimpanzee comes into territory, I was telling Luca yeah. this the other day, there's a video on it. Like, it's insane to watch. They chase Jesus. this thing down and rip it apart. So you can see where jealousy and envy come into play, especially with guys, right? Because think about it. We're in Miami right now. Yeah, right? Yeah. You you stand on South Beach and you see the Lambo go by. Right. If it's a trigger, I don't care how how awakened we are. And how like, he's a, like, yeah, what's he doing? A right, right, right. Oh, shit, he's got the event right, right. Yeah, Just for a day. Yeah, yeah just for a that's day. That's what I'm saying, though, right? So that we, we have these... I think it's we have primal stuff that's working inside of us, right? The lizard brain. Then you have prefrontal frontal cortex, which yeah. is like, you know, you try, and it's like battling each other all the time. You, we, I call it the, there's uh, a book called Unfuck Your Brain by Faith G. Harper, and she talks about the asshole amygdala, which is always causing all the problems, <laughs> right, right. right? So I just think we're in a battle with ourselves so much that, guys, you have to, you have to, you have to talk to someone, yeah. right? You, we all talk like this all the time, whether on camera, off camera, we're always laughing, but also having real conversations. Yep. Yeah. That's why you guys were able to connect so quickly, because you have both worked for so long to scrape away the bullshit right. stories and the experiences and the trauma, which we all have. Yeah. And most guys will try to downplay it or compare it. Well, man, Mike went through this or Luca went through this. So my, how can I complain or be upset about my shit? So... That's Which only deepens the shame and the 100%. trauma around it. Yeah. 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 Name, name one time in your lives where guilt and shame have actually, actually yeah. helped you. Right? I, I say it all the time. Like, if guilt worked, I'd say have it. Yeah. It, <laughs> it doesn't work. But yeah. the problem is what? It, it doesn't work. It's man. passed on. Yeah. It's the same we, thing we taught the game it. attack. We taught it. Same shit. So to me, like, a tribe has to be people that aren't just there to cheerlead you. Yeah. They're there to call you on your bullshit. Yeah. They want you and they love you enough and respect you enough to, to want you to be the highest version of yourself. But that's the thing, though, is they do it from a place of caring. Mm -hmm. You're in the arena, so I know what it's like to mess up. I know mm -hmm. what it's like to fail. And so I, I want to I save you some of my heartache. And, uh, hey, maybe I see this and you don't. But we say it and we communicate from a place because I care. Yeah. Critics just sit back and they just like to point fingers at that. And I think there's something else, too, that you're saying here, too, that one of the challenges is, like, man, if I really go for it, What's that going to mean for my marriage? What's that going to mean for the guys I grew up with and drink beer See, man, that's, with? You know, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a really a big good point. Thing. Like a, a, a big leap, a gay hindrance, right? Yeah, big leap, I, it, yeah. And it's, that really resonated with me. I mean, I've read that book over and over, but it resonated with me because when you, and I, you know, I come from, you know, socialism, communism, right? Like, and it's like, what if, you know, you make it, 
how am I distancing myself from my family or my friends because I make more or this, that, or the other, right? Like sometimes that becomes the fear or right. when I do this, will they still love me? Right? Siblings, I mean, siblings it, is a big one. Yeah, and it, it might not be, well, it's not even a conscious thing. Yeah, 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 and it yeah. might not be like a conscious thing I think about, but it's subconsciously it's like, you know, you hold yourself back or you don't do People do it all the time, yeah? Yeah, all, all the time. And so I think that, you know, being, I always think about this as like collecting role models, you know, and that came to me later because I talked up a lot of stuff right. before I started figuring that out. But going like, hey, man, like I look at Mike and it's like, man, I, I want to be able to have a relationship like that. And the way he does this is phenomenal. Like you become a role model for me. And I love the way that Steve does X, Y, Z in his relationship, the way he lives his life. Man, that's a role model. And I love right. the way that, you know, uh, this guy does philanthropy. And the, right. So it's like I'm starting to look at that and go, OK, I'm going to collect role models in these behaviors and start implementing them into my life because that's how I want to be like, yeah. right? And, and I'm casting, every day I do it, I'm casting votes for the person that I want to become, you know? Right. And whether that's, I mean, hey, I, let, I open the door for every every person when I go in. You know, I mean, it's a little thing, but I do it a thousand times. Right, now right. you become that kind person that does that. And so I really think that in life, and, and I try to look at the same in business. Who's the really smart marketer? You know, who's the, the person that's been able to do X, Y, Z? And you study it, and then you just collect that, you know. And little by little, you implement your life. And you know, you got to be patient because we've gone through decades, you know, years or decades of this programming and patterning. And like, how do we get away from it? Well, little by little. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's not like this, you know. One day, some something happens, unless maybe you know we take a pretty big dose of mushrooms, which is another <laughs> story to tell. But um, but in, but in general, it's like you have to repetitively like create this new path of a behavior that now you do it long enough, you believe that that's who you are, totally. right? And, and so, you know, what are some, I really want to like, what are some ways that either, you know, you got to change something in your life? And it, it may have been, um, you know, something either, I would say something painful that happened that made you want to change yeah. or something that was a, you know, just big revelation, I guess, from learning, you know, yeah. some, somebody taught you this or you saw something from somebody. Is that, give me like an example of, of something that you found that was a big catalyst for change. Because I think people and men want to hear, you know, when somebody's listening, a lot of people will say, well, like, that's not like me and I got a different story and whatever. But I like to study how change happens. Yeah. You know, what are the moments and the breakthroughs that somebody has when change happens? Yeah, you know, for me... You know, I used to, I had a lot of patterns from my family, from my parents, and, and a lot of my unconscious patterns, that, like, and I say that, unconscious patterns I say is like, this is what I want, and it, I'm having it happen, or I'm not. And I think unconscious patterns are, are, this is what I want to, how I want to live, and I'm living either contrary to it, or just totally out of alignment with it. So, I had a lot of unconscious patterns around money, and around relationships mm -hmm. growing up. I had a lot of narratives that, you know, relationships don't work, they fail, like people leave. I had a lot of, so I, I never really was directly honest and, and really committed and, and to my intimacy in relationships. Like I would look for a reason to leave and then just let it dissolve and break. And, yeah. and so, and then around money, I had a lot of scarcity around money. Like even when I had it, I would just go unconsciously spend it. And then at the end of the month, I'd be like, where did it all go? You know, so I had a lot of patterns around that. And I think for me, one of the biggest things was really being honest with myself about my results. Mm -hmm. 
because I kept saying that this is what I want. I want prosperity and I want a relationship that works. But when I looked at the data, when I looked at the result, my like, relationship, eh. yeah, my <laughs> intimate relationships weren't working and my prosperity wasn't working. So I, it really required a lot of honesty on my part to say like, okay, I keep saying I want this, but I keep ending up over here. So the common denominator in that is me. I get to really look at behaviors and patterns and habits that are taking me away from what it is that I want or the ones that are actually working and really to, to, to really shed the light on a lot of narratives that I had. Because I think everything, the behaviors, underneath behaviors are really the meanings that I'm giving things. That I'm saying this means this. I'm saying relationships don't work. And I'm living as though it's true. And, dude, I had to really, for a while, really expose all the narratives that which I is, would, Which is hard and painful, dude, right? To admit that, right? Dude, I mean, because there's nowhere to hide. Your, res, your results don't lie. There's nowhere to hide in it. When I looked at you know, I was divorced, man. Like I, and I cared a lot about my, my ex-wife. And, but the man that I was and the way I was showing up, like, I don't, I don't blame it. Yeah. I don't blame her yeah, for no, yeah. it falling apart. Like, I own that. Like I, the way that I was, like absolutely, she had the right to be like to call me out, but I was so afraid of not looking good. I was so afraid of being exposed that I just I developed behaviors around it, and it took a lot of courage. It took a lot of dark nights, and I just one by one examined narratives and assumptions, that, and I was like, yo, this doesn't work, and I gotta I've gotta build behaviors and habits. That it does work. And I think that comes down to choices. It's like you were saying, like little by little, like hold the door open, make that phone call, you know, the way you communicate. To me, all that comes down to is choices, moment to moment choices. I, I write this in the book. I was like, you know, we look, we walk up down the street, we go to the ocean, we look at the ocean and we're like, yo, it is so big and it's so vast. But when you go up real close to it and you pick it up in your hand, like, the ocean, when you break it all down, is just tiny individual drops of water. You stand on the beach and you're like, man, it just keeps going forever in this direction, forever in that direction. But when you pick it up and you hold it in your hand, it's nothing more than tiny individual grains of sand. And when we look at our life, we're like, oh my shit, man, it's so far ahead and it's so far behind. But when we really break it down, it comes down to moment to moment choices. How do I choose to interact? How do I choose to communicate? How do I choose to live out of character and principle rather than take the short route and just look good because I'm on camera? Like, do I make this choice when no one's watching? Do I choose integrity and honor? Or do I choose to take shortcuts and to lie a little bit and just leave this out here or there? These are choices. And when you keep choosing, or when I kept choosing to say, like, this is the relationships, the marriage that I'm going to have, this is the financial prosperity I'm going to have, and I'm going to make choice after choice, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Little by little, it breaks up that trauma and all that shit we've learned. And you're like, wait a second. There was a whole other way this whole time. Mm -hmm. Man, and, and I'm glad you said that. Here's the thing, because that's a transformation. Because we, you know, we connected a lot on, obviously, our previous relationship yeah, and divorce right. and marriage. And, on, and definitely a lot of patterns that were, that were similar. And, you know, I, I went to, obviously, your wedding. Yeah. Which, and, and shit possibly did or did not shed tear uh, <laughs> or two after after your speech but you know you've kind of lived into this relationship right, right? Totally. i mean but it's taken time it's taken years it's taken time for you yeah. to kind of rebuild that 
in I mean that, that's phenomenal that's why I see that's why I ask that because I think it's important to hear like you can have this life that you want and envision but first you have to come to terms with the totally. reality of your results and what's happening right now and you know because I, I wanted to move to because I know you obviously we, we all have but like you know what was the thing that came to mind when I said hey what's your change in the breakthrough because I'm, I'm going to kind of bring it together I think there's something important that, that you mentioned in the book that I wanted to kind of tie these these, yeah. these things together I think they're really important I but, think I think man like I had to make there was an exercise in a coaching program where I had to list down all my vices hmm. and it was like all of them right right it, you know when I was 18 17 years old I was shit almost 300 pounds right and my excuse was like oh, I'm getting ready to play fo college football and I'm a D lineman and this no it was because I was trying to protect myself right yeah. I grew up around a toxic relationship I love my mom and my dad they're wonderful but they didn't work together yeah so I had the same kind of beliefs that Mike mentioned which was you know relationships don't work so when I met Brie for the first year and a half, I didn't call her my girlfriend, <laughs> right. um, but she was basically living at my house while I was dating all kinds of girls and just being a complete scumbag. And and then I would tell her all the time, like I'm never getting married, so whatever. I don't, you know, you better get used to just being whoever to me because that's just, and it was just me protecting myself because I had been hurt so many times, right? right? So. You know, when we talk about trauma, you know, obviously we got to dial it down into pain. And as, like most men can deal with like physical pain, right? But have no ability to deal with emotional pain, and it's just insane to look at it and to yeah. go like, "Holy shit!" I've yeah, I've come a long way, and it's taken a lot of time, and I've spent a lot of money and hired a lot of coaches. But the average guy doesn't necessarily have access to that. At least that that's probably what they believe. And to piggyback what you said. You are 100% who you believe yourself to be 100% of the time, right? Yeah. So the stories that I had that I was just whatever, I was a fat kid, I was unsuccessful, I was, you know, a guy that would never be married, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to love somebody in case something happened to him. Right. And really what that showed me is that my heart was always, even as a kid, yeah, my heart was like this big. I was like the little boy that when my mom came to lunch, you know, if, I don't know if you guys ever had the parents come to lunch yeah. day, like I was in kindergarten, remember like it was yesterday. When my mom left, I fucking cried because I was madly in love with her and she's like still to this day, like that's my Janny Poo, right? Like that's like the, my Jenny soul, Krims, right? Right, right. And, but then over time, what was I taught? Like you can't do that shit in front of other dudes because you're going to get your balls broken. If you share right, your feelings right. or emotions, you're going to, you know, you're weak, which is the exact opposite of what you guys all need to hear. And what we've learned is that Vulnerability is not weakness. Yeah. Vulnerability is a release, right? We only have, as human beings, how many different ways do we actually have to release, right? Mm -hmm. Sexually, like take a shit, right? <laughs> and the most important one emotionally is the one I avoided. I went through a six-year period where I didn't cry one tear. I just locked myself down right. and became this, like, it was like, you know, RoboCop. Like, yeah. no emotions. We would lay in bed and I would be like, Bree, do not cross that line right here. If I'm sleeping, don't touch me. I don't like to be touched. And yeah. She's like the sweetest like human being on the planet, <laughs> right? And she just put up with it. So it's crazy to think back to the transformation I made. At 35 years old, I was the youngest guy in the heart doctor. And a 17, probably 72-year-old guy leaned over to me. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Right. right. And I'm like, sir, I am dying. Yeah. <laughs> at 35. I, it not, I had not been living right. Him yeah. and I were partying a lot. I was taking drugs that I shouldn't have been taking, uh, popping party pills and just drinking too much to deal with the stress of life because we couldn't have it we didn't talk about it but see that's the thing though is, is you either express that vulnerability or you suppress it and sedate it and the only way to do that is 
drugs and gambling and all food this. Food and food. I mean, I like this. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, it's escapism, So, like, as I go into the doctor's office, I'm like, Doc, I'm dying. Put a halter monitor on me for 24 hours. I go back. And he's like, oh, you have anxiety. And I'm like, no, I know I have anxiety, but I'm dying, motherfucker. Like, go right. back and check it again. And he's like, no, <laughs> I do this. Right. <laughs> you know? I appreciate your energy, yeah. Steve. But, yeah, you're not dying. You just, you have anxiety. And you, like, there's, here's some things that I suggest you go do. Like, yeah. you need to talk to people. And you need to, like, you know, stop drinking energy drinks all the time. And stop partying the way you were partying. Right, and right. Go, You know, so that drove me to going through Wake Up Warrior and then becoming a coach there, which which was great because I got to learn a ton from guys that were older than me, that were more successful than me in certain areas of life. But it made me understand how important it is to dial back and say, yeah, tribal life is so important. And it also allows you to to say, hey, I'm not the only one, which I think especially young guys right now, because of technology, we went through the industrial revolution. Now we're in this technological revolution of just like, and it's exponentially growing every day. And I think there's more ways to contact people, but it's less true interaction. It's it's such a strange dichotomy we live in because we've never been more interconnected now. And and I've never seen more disconnected people. Yeah. It's a strange there's dichotomy le- you know what? There's that we less, have now. Uh, I forgot, this is a great book that I read, but it was it says there's more connection. But remember, connection can be, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. you know, but there's less conversation. Yeah. You know, and this is a conversation when we get together and we break bread and we, you know, it's like one of my favorite things in the totally. world to do is, is, is so fulfilling in so many different ways. We're learning, we're sharing, we're being vulnerable, you know, we're learning, uh, I would say, whatever area we're kind of talking about, right? But, right. But it's but there's conversation and conversation allows for things to move forward and to improve. I think uh, it, I think I think shame grows with your unwillingness to talk about it. Sure. And the moment yeah. you could say like I'm struggling or hey man, I admire what you're doing, you're a role model to me. I, I'm struggling with this, what'd you do? You have any influence yet? Like the moment you talk about it, dude, the shame starts to evaporate, the guilt starts to evaporate because you're expressing a courage to to say like I'm honest this is where I'm at mm-hmm. and you know there was another moment at one of the masterminds with Ferugia we were in actually it was Austin again but years later yeah the one later we did two and we all these guys they hire us you know for business coaching and to you know to be successful and this and that and they go the night before the mastermind we all go to dinner and me Ferugia and Luca sit in the middle and we always say like let the guys sit around you the ones that sit close the you know the ones that want to go further away like it's their choice but the next day, so me, Ferrugia, and Luca are just laughing the whole time, talking, reminiscing, whatever it is. And the next day, before the mastermind even started, one guy stood up. He's like, I already had a breakthrough. And we're like, what is it? And he said, I hired you guys because I want to be successful at business. And because you guys have secrets and tricks of the trade and this and that. And I went to dinner with you three. And for three hours, you guys never even talked about business. All you talked about, you laughed, you talked about comedy, you talked, talked about, about cereal talk, for two hours. You talked about like desserts <laughs> and our favorite cereal for like two and a half hours. And he was like, I'm sitting here paying this kind of money to, for, for coaching on business and success. And the guys I'm paying are sitting here talking about like things that just make them happy, that mm-hmm. seem trivial. But you guys have like this deep connection because you're, just, you're in the conversation. And every once in a while we talk business or we talk sure. shop, but it's always the minority yeah. of what we talk yeah. about. I was talking about this yesterday. I cannot be around people that can only talk about oh business. My God. You become or, so one-dimensional. For themselves. Totally. Yeah. Right? It's, it, and I think that comes down to discomfort. When, when you're insecure, totally. 
you, we all have our go-tos, right? When we feel a little uncomfortable, insecure, now as we get older, you get more open, you've been through more shit, right? You start to be a little better with that stuff. But some guys never get to go through that. Yeah. Some guys don't have that close connection, right? Some guys are embarrassed to even say that they want that. Right. Because that's the way society is. The whole, like, you know, hey, how the Yankees doing? And let's go grab a beer. Totally. Nice tits. Like, right. that's the yeah. average conversation, right? You know, and... and I feel like I know this 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 whole podcast is really pushing towards communication. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's that's what these every guy in the world needs to hear is, is like you can have deep amazing friendships with dudes that like make you level the fuck up. But that means you also have to let go of some of the relationships you have now that are not supportive of that right. that expect you to be the old version of yourself and mm-hmm. I had to go through that. Listen yeah. man, I still have intense love for a big group of guys that I like grew up with. And lately I've been having dreams about one of my buddies that like, I, it was, it's been strange because I'm like, man, I got to reach out obviously because right. there's a reason behind it. But, uh, his name's John and I didn't go to John's wedding because we had like him and I were always at each other, man. He's just one of those dudes like so fun to be around. Like we were maniacs together, but I chose success and I'm like, Hey, I want to be around guys like Luca, guys like you. But at the time it was like, we started becoming partners in business. And I didn't go to his wedding on purpose because I knew I had to do something to sever the fucking friendship or else every time I was around those guys, they treated me the same way that we behaved when we were 21, 22 years old. It was really hard, man. It's like one of the hardest things you're ever going to have to do is like walk away from your old identity Mm. to start the new narrative and the new story of who you believe yourself to be. So to me, I'm like, I know I wanted to be successful. I want, I like... It's important to me to be able to provide and create freedom for myself. And really, the test is to see who do I have to become to do cool shit and be around cool people and have conversations like this. Side note, when I took public speaking in college, I was shitting my pants. Right, right. Right now, I'll get in front of groups of people, and I love it. Oh, yeah. So my point behind that to you guys listening or girls listening is like, guys, don't worry about, don't make decisions based on where you're at right now. Make them based on where you're headed and where you want to go and who you want to become and like Lucas said, modeling behavior that you really admire, but not becoming that person because they're not perfect either. Right, right. Right. Taking the behavior and applying it to what you have going on and who you are and the core of what you stand for, it becomes different than, hey, I think Mike DeSante is really fucking cool. Right. And I'm going to become a really spiritual guy just like him. Right, right. And Which is so inauthentic. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, I write this in the book, and I love that you're bringing it up because I write in the book that you living the life that you truly desire and deserve doesn't alter your relationships. It reveals them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times people are so afraid, like, oh, if I, if I go for it and I, you know, and I live into what I'm passionate about, like, that's going to alter all my friendships and relationships. I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to reveal them, though. You're going to see the people that the, the people that root for you when you're down are the people that are going to root for you when you're up. Yep. And the people that when you're down, they want to keep you there. When you're up, they're going to want to, they're going to want to bring you back down. So it's an honest revelation. Like it's just simply going to show you this is where we're at. And I always say this too to my students and to clients, like the people that get upset with your boundaries are the ones that needed them in the first place. So yeah, man. Like, can you repeat that? (laughs) The people that get upset with your boundaries are the ones that needed them in the first place. Mm. So like if, if Luca comes to me and he's like, yo, I want to take this thing on and it's going to, it's going to, you know, really stretch me and 
maybe we can't talk as much as we, you know, all I, I that would never happen. I, I <laughs> needed a post on Saturday on Instagram. <laughs> right. Inside joke. <laughs> right. But, but, like, I would never be like, yo, man, that's fucked up. You know, what about me? Yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely to be like, yo, take it on. You got what it takes. Like, I'm going to encourage him on that. But the people that are like, yo, what, what's up? Like, you're changing. Dude, that it's that that's already in the water of your relationship. Money changed you, Mike. Yeah, right. Yeah, Get out of here with all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But here's what it really is around authenticity: is everybody's got that identity act, and then I have my act, and you have your act. And then we get into a relationship and we just, we just pretend. Mm-hmm. And then one person gets exhausted with the act and they drop it. And they're like, yo, this is what I really want. This is what I, re- this is what I, my, I want my life to be about. And the other person who's committed to acting, they're like, yo, you're changing. I don't like it. Yep. Nope. I'm being who I am yep. and what I'm about and what I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm just exhausted about acting. I, I, you know, I, th- I think that that's actually so much of what's going on though, right? Because there's a, there's a feeling of a need to be a certain way and so there's a lot of acting going totally. on and it is it, you said the world it's it's, an ex, it's exhausting it's right exhausting. it's exhausting to live a certain way we're like ah, man, this is not me but like i'm tr- but because i'm trying to be xyz right right and there's a big difference between uh you know living into who you want to become versus I'm acting to be somebody else. Right. There's a meeting group. the representative. It's meeting the like representative. That, that, you know, you know, and you, we all know it. Yep. You all know when you've been your representative or wearing the mask of, yep. you know, shoot jacket Steve. Right. This guy, or yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. But I think that I think that's why a podcast like this is so powerful mm. and important for anyone to listen to because it's three dudes that are just actually being real about right. the truth of how we got out of our own shit and. Our journeys aren't over, you know, by any means. Hopefully, knock on wood for yeah, a really yeah. long time. Yeah. But I think it's like it's like being successful in business. There's never going to be enough money because the money, to me, represents growth and expansion as a human being and as a businessman and as a as a husband and yeah. who knows a father down the line. We don't know, right? But yeah, man, I, I agree with you guys a thousand percent. There's so many ways to bullshit people and right. show up as something different than you are because there's such an intense fear and in people getting to know the real version. Right. Right. I, I was going to say, like, there's a little formula based on what, you know, kind of you guys have been talking about that I heard a long time ago. And it's I, I got it home in my little, uh, I was saying in my little frame. It's like this little pyramid, right? Like, most people, the way they operate is they have a, they have a thought, and that thought drives a feeling. And then that feeling basically drives action, which creates an identity. Right. So that could be like, you know, you're jealous, and so now you got this thought of jealousy, and you feel this way, and then you take action, but the action's not in line with who you want to become. Right. Right. And, and so I saw the, like, the way that you want to operate is choose the identity that you want to have, and then take the action of that person that would have that identity, and that's going to create a feeling, you know, yeah. what I mean? a f- feeling that you want. So rather than being like, you know, kind of controlled by emotion, you know, I'm tired, I'm exhausted I'm this like who do you want to become like, right. what, who, what would that person do well that person would do this well go do that right and then you're going to get a feeling of that you want to have from that action you know generates an experience it, yeah. it generates an experience yeah. like you say yeah you yeah. say experience and in all of this that we're talking about I mean this is one of the things you bring up in the book we talk about a lot because you started and I didn't want to kind of jump too too much into that but you know you were working a job where you're making good money but you hated it yeah. and you weren't being the person that you wanted to be and then you, you shifted into nutrition coaching. And from there, you said one of the things that were really powerful, you said, what I realized is it was that, that, that people's inner worlds created their outer actions, right? right? Yeah. And so everything we're talking about is 
you know, this creates the external stuff. And Without so that's why you started kind of moving towards coaching, you know, the full experience of who, who we are, especially right. men. Right. And, but, you know, talk a little bit about that. Like, well, should I say, when people realize that, it's like, look, you know, we, we can know the tactics and strategies, but it's not going to be enough if you don't explore, like, right. and, and become aware of what's going on in your narratives. But, you know, t touching point on that, because like I said, you coach so many people, you coach so many people on, on that spectrum. Uh, as far as, you know, what what's the, the thing that a lot of times you do to get a person to essentially kind of start uh, realizing what their inner world is like and that sure. that's what's causing the, the, the issue. Mm -hmm. I, I think a, I used to use this analogy when I was younger a lot. It's like you, your inner world projects your outer world or, or you could say like your inner world projects what shows up, your results. In the training that I do for gratitude, we say that context generates content. Your inner world generates what shows up in it. So they're, they're aligned, like just like a cactus grows in the desert. It's, it fits there. Yeah. But an analogy I used to use when I was younger was it's like a, an LCD projector that projects an image. And there's this beautiful, beautiful image. Take, like, imagine this beautiful image, but there's this black mark that goes through it. And you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, my God, this image would be just 100% heaven if only there wasn't this black mark on it. But what we're taught is go sponge the screen. Go get a bucket of soap and just keep just wash it as much as you can. And once that black image, once that blemish is off it, the image is going to be perfect. And so we spend our whole life with tactics and strategies and like wiping this screen clean. But nobody ever realizes, you know, the blemishes on the projector. All you've got to do is lick your finger and get the blemish off the projector. It naturally changes what shows up on the screen. So until you're willing to take an honest look at what is it that my inner world is projecting. And then in the book, what I write about is we've got to, as men, learn how to organize our inner world. We're not taught it. We're not taught how to communicate and express emotion. We're not taught this is what principles mean and how they protect your spirit. We're not taught like character is the reward, not the money or the success. We're, we're not taught how to organize our thoughts and our narratives and our assumptions, our behaviors. And in the moment someone comes and they say, like, I'm willing to take an honest look at what's showing up in my life, and I say, great, what we're going to do is we're going to take an honest look at narratives, projections, assumptions, habits, behaviors, you know, narratives especially, again. And then let's use the results of the effectiveness. How then is your wife responding to you? How then are your employees talking to you? How then are the people in your community or your clients, how then are you interacting, the money you're making? It'll naturally start to show up the moment you're willing to organize your inner world. And then I always say, and I write this in the book too, is like, people say like, this sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> this sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's the hardest job you ever the had. Hardest, and yeah. I say, listen, man, as long as you're wearing skin, there's gonna be work to do. Mm. But I always say that the reward is what I call you get to be a man who's in possession of himself. That no matter what shows up and who shows up and how they operate or whether they agree or disagree with you or throw arrows at you, and you show up as a man who has self-esteem and confidence. You're willing to be disagreed with or even villainized, but you stand strong in a man who's in possession of himself, of his inner world that operates on 
character rather than on how do I look or what do people perceive of me? Because we were talking about it just now. I wanted to put in when you were saying this. It's like we confuse like fitting in for belonging. And I think fitting in is like I'll alter who I am just mm-hmm. for your approval. Yeah, yeah. Chameleon. Yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll be fraudulent. I'll be a chameleon. I'll change my spots. I'll change my, I'll, just for your approval. Mm. But I think a sense of belonging comes from I have authentic gifts and skills, what I call your medicine, and you have a particular medicine, and you have a particular medicine. And when you own it, and we come together, we celebrate our diversity. We celebrate our strengths. You do this better than I do. You do this better than I do. But that creates a sense of belonging. But mm. a sense of belonging creates tribe. It also creates self-esteem. Mm. And so in my opinion or in my you know, history and what I coach into is when a man can tap into that, that's the reward. A man who's in possession of himself. I was just up the street a couple of days ago at Whole Foods, and I opened the door for a, a woman, and she just walked in, and she didn't say thank you. And there was another person who was so offended. They're like, I can't believe you just opened that door for that person and she didn't say thank you. And I looked at the person and I said, that's not why I opened the door. Mm. I care less if someone says thank you. Mm. I do it because it's part of my character. I do it because I have principles. I do it because it makes me feel better and, and confident in who I am. I give a shit less if somebody says thank you. I don't do it for the applause. Yeah. Whether there's a camera or a microphone, it doesn't matter. And I just looked at the person. I was like, now why I opened the door. And see, I think that, like, today, what starts to happen a lot of times, you know, correct me if you don't see this, is because change is hard. So you're like, okay, I'm going to open the door. I'm going to study for 30 minutes a day. I'm going to be better yeah. to my, my girl, right? And you do it, and you don't get the instant reward. Right. And you go, well, that didn't so fucking, they don't, like, no, <laughs> right. see? Yep. They don't respect me. Totally. That's why I didn't do it, right? So... So you have to be, you know, you have to really, really be uh, careful about that because you've built so much, you know, it's kind of like building self-esteem. I say when you, when you break a promise to yourself, totally. it's, it's a, you know, debit in the self-esteem bank account, right. you know, and if you do it, it's a credit. And most people have so many debits that they're totally. bankrupt there. You know, they got to start building that bank account back up to get the positive and, and build right. that confidence up. And, you know, you, you keep mentioning character, which is so critical. And actually, it's a, it's a book that you recommended or should I say the second book, which was right, The Second right. Mountain, I got the first book, The Road to Character. Right. And there's something there uh, on the back of the book that I read that was so powerful to me. It says, you know, people build their resume values, which is wealth, status, and fame. Right. But what, you ha- what we all should focus on as men and, and people in general is, is eulogy values. Yeah. Honor, integrity, you know, character, like doing the right thing. You know, like, like I said, connection, all these different things that really, truly matter. And if we build those, we'll be happier, more fulfilled, you know, and, and I believe more successful in a long time. I think it's unfortunate that that's not what society rewards right now, though. And that's, that's the hard part. And what you guys are both saying is true is like doing the difficult shit is actually what is rewarding. Right. Mm -hmm. Doing the hard, yeah, doing the hard work and looking at yourself in the mirror and going like, and I, we've all had to do this, right. And going like, I don't like who you have become. Right. This is not who we have to become we've learned some of these behaviors and we can unlearn them this thing's a hard drive 
and it's called a hard drive, right? Just like a computer, it's not an easy drive. Right, right. <laughs> right? right. And you're going to get in there, and it's like, I, I compare it, right? Sometimes my mind is like the world's scariest roller coaster, like being driven by a fucking hit the clown, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> and, I just, and, and I'm white knuckling that bitch, right. and you realize, like, hey, you're in control of it, so you can eradicate some of those thoughts and behaviors and habits, but man, it's going to, you better bring a chisel and a hammer. Yeah. And, and it's, it's by hand. And one thing at a time, and every day, it's like chopping down a tree or chopping wood. It's not, you know, you don't have a big machine to do it. Yeah. It's the hardest thing in the world. But when you look at society, when you look at culture, when you look at what's being rewarded right now, it's definitely not honor, integrity, right. you know, opening the door. And I love what you said, man. And, and I, I love what you said, Luca, too. And it's like the intention of why you're doing things, if you're doing it for the return, if totally. you're do, if you're, oh, I'm going to show appreciation today to my wife so I can check it off of a list, or you're doing it for the wrong fucking reasons. And you can't fool life. No, no. the universe no. is undefeated, yeah, just like the internet's yeah, yeah, undefeated, right? <laughs> like the universe is completely right. undefeated. You can't game the system. There's no shortcut. There's no hack. Growth hacking is not a thing, right? Right? It like growth takes time. It takes hard work and hard work. I would never want to rob anyone of hard work. I still have the BMX bike that I got when I was nine years old from fucking stacking wood for my dad because yeah. he told me he's like, listen, you want that bike? I wanted a GT Performer, but I got a Ross Piranha instead because I had to chop wood for like another three months <laughs> if, I, if I got the more expensive bike. Guess where the bike is? It's in storage right now at home in New York. Yeah. Still got the bike, and. Why, and I feel like people just need to talk more about that so that, especially young people, you know, I was watching a Gary Vee thing the other day and this 21-year-old kid's like, I want to be a motivational speaker. And Gary's like, nobody's going to fucking listen to you, bro. <laughs> and, and that's the truth, right? There's no yeah. shortcut to that, right? Yep. You may be able to get in early on Bitcoin and make, it, you know, make that money, and that's great. You know, you've created freedom for yourself, but you're not going to create trust. Right. And with that, with, trust comes from what? Like being honest and creating wisdom right not yeah. knowledge knowledge is great but wisdom is you know knowledge put into action and yeah. getting the reps in Experience, and taking yeah. kicks in the ass yep. over and over again and going okay all right that didn't work yeah let me move on to the next thing and not letting ego or shame or guilt i call it shilt shilt up in here we all deal with that shit yeah man and i, I just think this conversation is like I, so important that we should probably all chip in and run traffic to it so more people can Seriously, hear it yeah, so right, that right. more people yeah. under more guys and i think women too man like i know this talks about guys but and i'm not a woman so i can't speak for you all but guess what like girls are going through the same thing yeah. think about the the instagram and how they have to view themselves as not being perfect and right. you know relationships and the same shit they deal with the same shit man it's it, it's just an insane time to be alive and how cool is it though we get to have this conversation it's that we're human beings and we can actually realize what's going on we're like i'm thinking about my brain while my brain is talking about thinking about my brain right. it's fucking insane and <laughs> we're identifying who we are through each other yes. at the same time it's that's bananas how, it's bananas like and that's the other thing too is like even with all the difficulty even with, with all the pain even with all the the trip ups and all the failures like how amazing is it that we get to do this that we get to grow our consciousness and our and as human beings and our character and the conversation that we are culturally as people and like I mean it's, it's, I always say I always tell people all the time like if you could really experience everything that's going on right now down to the cellular level and all that we're have the opportunity to do 
we'd all be on our knees in gratitude. Yeah. Dude, the, 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 I, what other ride would you want to be a part of? Like, this is it, man. Yeah, have you tried it, sex? You know, and the thing is, is have you tried sex? <laughs> pretty great. Yeah, but, you know, Which I, is still I, part of that I, human experience. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know if we could finish on a better note, because I know we could talk for forever, man. But, like, I, I, I wanted to finish on that note, because I think that if, once you realize that, like, it's, you know, not living the life of what I call quiet desperation, yeah, which yeah. is worse, right? Which is, mm -hmm. which is working through, you know, the hard stuff. Everything that I like when we were, you know, we talked about the stuff that we've been through and, you know, in business and personally in life. And, you know, you look back and, and those are the moments that you talk about. You know, you talk yeah. about the moments that were like hard and gritty and fucking right. like, and that was, man, and, and you look back and you're like, man, how beautiful was that? How amazing was that? What you a know, gift like, it was. what a gift. Yeah, what a yeah. gift it was. You yeah. know, and if you looked at all the stuff, the challenges that we get, the, you know, the icky stuff that we get as a gift and that you get to experience it. You know, you get to experience totally. this stuff. Man, like you, your experience of life will be different. It's not going to be easy. It doesn't mean everything is going to be easy or everything's going to be smooth and flow. But man, like you'll, you'll appreciate it more. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, and you'll achieve a lot, lot, lot more. Totally. And, it, on, and you'll be what, what uh, I forgot what we heard that, right? There's no, there's no happy ending to an unhappy journey, right? right, right. You don't have to suffer through everything. Mm. You know, and then at the end, there's this, place where you're like oh yeah, yeah, it's fucking right. great no no right. it doesn't work that way it's it's a beautiful experience and man what a amazing conversation oh, see really i never really. know where the fuck is this thing gonna go this is great this is part uh, one you know part, two, one. part one, one yeah we're gonna we're gonna definitely repeat this because you know these guys are in miami so now you know i i, I got a quarterly meetup you right. know, down, down here um but hey thank you for tuning in like, look number one i'm always so appreciative when you guys tune into this you can be anywhere else you can be listening to anything else and I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for these guys, not only to be literally like my, my, my brothers um, and my great friends, and so to share a lot of their wisdom. Uh, and, and first, I'd like to, because you, know, you just drop books, like, and then tell us about it later. Uh, you know, where can they, they find out more about you? Uh, first of all, Michael DeSanio only works Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 on Instagram, so you can't reach him on the weekends. That's right. Um, but it's he closed, is on there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's closed. It's a storefront. It yeah, he truly believed that. And uh, he said, we can't do this. It's closed. It's Saturday. Uh, but where can they find out more about you and more about the book? The book is phenomenal. Seriously, like a, a great read, great insight. Things we talked about, really digging into that. Where can they find out more about that? You could, uh, you could get the book, New Man Emerging. You could get it on Amazon. Or you could also go to my website, michaeldesanti.com or newmanemerging.com and you could get Which it there. I was blown away by that. Can you, you believe that I you were actually able have a to website? create that? I, yeah, that still I, don't, I yeah. still don't believe it. Even when I go there, I don't believe it. Um, <laughs> I'm making and, strides, man. I'm making strides. And, I like, I, as you can tell, I like quiet and peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> Very tranquil. We, yeah. we, a matter of fact, are in Miami and not in the jungles of Peru. But, um, and, well, you guys already kind of know where Steve Krebs is at, but still give him, give him the, uh, where, where can they find Yeah, man, yogrowyourgym.com. That's where Luca and I's coaching's at. Yes, and then I also do one-on-one -on -one stuff for, for guys. And so that's just, you know, hit me up. There's no way. Oh, it's coachsteve.com. Yeah. Coachsteve.com. Coachsuitsteve.com. Coach, uh, no, uh, Suit Jacket Steve has been, he passed away. And uh, we, we already mourned his jackets. We laid them down, folded them up. We burned them. Viking so, funeral. Yeah, we set them into Biscayne Bay earlier. There's, they're on fire right now, floating in the bay. Floating in the bay. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in on this one. Coach Luca, Mike, Steve, we're out. See you next time. Peace. Peace.